Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thanks for joining us for ASHP's Practice Journeys podcast. This podcast invites members to share their stories about their professional path, lessons learned, and how their experiences shaped who and where they are today. My name is Eric Marika. I'm the Senior Director, Center on Pharmacy Practice Advancement at ASHP, and I'll be your host today. Veterans Day is a U.S. federal holiday observed annually on November 11th for honoring veterans from the six branches of the military. We would like to take a moment to say thank you and honor America's veterans for their service to our country. Today, I'll be speaking with John Spain, National Payer Account Medical Lead, DODVA at Pfizer, Eugene DeLara, Chief of Pharmacy Services, VA Maryland Healthcare System, and Stephen LaHaye, Senior Consultant, Professional Services, BD, about their stories, reflections, and perspectives on how their military experience helped shape their careers, lives, and their sense of paying it forward to provide an inspiration for others. Gentlemen, I want to start by saying thank you all for your military service and for taking the time to join us today. So we'll we'll get started with uh, a few questions I have for you, and I'll start with uh, John. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background and why you went into the military. You can start out with your branch or type of training or schooling that you did before, during, or after your service. Um, what your current position is today and, and associated professional responsibilities. But uh, I know a lot about you, John, but certainly uh, we're interested in hearing about it. Okay. Hey, Eric, thanks for the opportunity to participate. Um, you know, my background, I come from an immigrant family uh, uh, from Ireland. So that really, that impression from my dad, who uh, shortly after he, he arrived in the United States, within six months was drafted during the Korean War. And it was a, an amazing experience as he shared it uh, with me and our family throughout our lives. So that really is what motivated me to go into the military and actually uh, into the Army. And so I enlisted, I served in the reserves, helped pay for school, and uh, went on uh, with my pharmacy school to come on active duty as a pharmacy officer. So the typical training most do in the military, for me starting with basic training and officer basic school, and obviously uh, BS in farm, and then went back to uh, other schoolings. Uh, but so that's my history, uh, joining the military. What I do now, as you mentioned, my title, account payer, medical lead. Um, but essentially, I'm Pfizer's primary medical point of contact for payer organizations, and in this case, the Department of Defense and uh, the VA. Thanks, John. Yeah, we'll pivot to Gene. All right, thank you, Eric, and happy Veterans Day to everyone. <clears throat> so I'll start off by saying, Ever since I can remember growing up, I was tremendously interested in all things military. You know, maybe it was watching John Wayne movies or TV programs like McHale's Navy, Rat Patrol, or even Gomer Pyle. I don't know, maybe some of your listeners uh, may have never heard of these TV shows. But uh, my father, Rudy Delar, fought the Japanese in World War II as a member of the Philippine guerrilla forces. Uh, my uncle, Jim Palmer, was an Air Force physician uh, served after the Korean War. And my mother's 
first cousin, First Lieutenant Walter Drake Westmoreland, was an original member of the Tuskegee Airmen, and he was a P-51 pilot uh, in the Army Air Force 305th Fighter Squadron, and he was killed in action in World War II Germany. So these influences uh, are probably not a big sur surprise for my wanting to serve in uniform. I graduated from Fisk University, HBCU, in Nashville, and then I went to pharmacy school, graduating from Mercer in uh, 1988. But I knew I didn't want to be a, a pharmacist in a retail pharmacy. Uh, no knock on those in this important area, but I just knew it wasn't for me. So it was at a career day at pharmacy school, uh, maybe my second year, and a Navy recruiter, medical recruiter, described a career in pharmacy where you weren't, uh, uh, your, your occupation was second prior, you were a military officer first. So that really resonated with me. So off to uh, my commissioning program, which was a 13 week program in Newport, Rhode Island. They call it a knife and fork school, but uh, it taught you the basics of military traditions and military life and uh, wasn't tremendously difficult, but I would describe it more as indoctrination and instilling a regimented way of life. So um, given my earlier interest, I was all into this new life and then Fast forward to your ultimate question, that led, led me to where I am today as the Chief of Pharmacy Services at the VA Maryland Healthcare System. And here we provide pharmacy service to three medical centers, six community-based outpatient clinics, community living centers, which are like nursing homes, hospice, residential rehab, and an opiate agonist treatment program. So it's been a fantastic ride and one that I'm still enjoying. So, so thank you, Eric, for the question. Love it. Yeah, I just love hearing all the background for everyone. And Stephen. Yes, sir. So, um, you know, it's kind of funny when I was looking at this question. It's, you know, my standard answer has always been to, you know, why why I joined the service was I, ju I just wanted to serve. But thinking back on it, you know, kind of like the other guys, you know, there's a, there's a history there. So I grew up in a small town. Uh, Eunice, Louisiana, so Southwest Louisiana, heart of Cajun country, you know, and in my little town, you know, we had a lot of veterans. Uh, the police chief had survived the Bataan death march. Uh, my friend's dad was a Marine Raider in the Pacific, uh, had actually lost a leg during, during one of the battles there. Uh, I also had a, another neighbor that had served in the Pacific. And we had another guy that had, uh, he was a retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel that had served in Korea. You know, and these guys were the toughest guys, you know, you ever want to meet. And I remember as a kid wanting to be like them. And, you know, and, you know, like some of our other guests here, you know, I was obsessed with with military and World War II in particular growing up, watching those John Wayne movies and the Clint Eastwood movies, you know, on Sunday mornings. But on a more personal level, I guess, um, I've got a strong family history of military members. Uh, my great uncle, uh, Henry Broussard. Was a Navy uh, was in the Navy during World War II and was a prisoner of war for two years in the Philippines. Uh, two of my uncles served briefly in the Army, uh, while I had another uncle who made a career out of the Air Force, serving twenty years. Uh, my dad was also in the Air Force. Uh, he was a physician. He was actually a hospital commander at Hunter uh, Army Airfield. Well, it's Hunter Army Airfield now, but Hunter Air Force Base in Savannah, Georgia, uh, before it transitioned to the Army. And so when I was trying to make a decision from a career-wise, uh, I didn't really think that hard about it. 
uh, it seemed like a natural progression for me to, to do that. So I graduated from pharmacy school in 1991 and took a direct commission uh, as a second lieutenant the same day. Uh, so it worked out pretty well for that. Uh, I served about four, active, four years active duty, uh, all at Barksdale Air Force Base in Louisiana. Uh, and then I was on conditional reserve status until uh, uh, 2006. Once leaving the Air Force, uh, I went back to school, got my PharmD, and over the next 21 years, held uh, different positions, clinical uh, and administrative in health system pharmacy, mostly in Richmond, Virginia. So currently, I'm a senior consultant for professional services for Beckton Dickinson and Com Company, uh, probably more commonly known as BB. Uh, I work primarily with pharmacy automation, and uh, for the past six years, I've had the privilege of working with our DOD accounts. So I get to work with uh, military pharmacy folks every day, and it's a real pleasure. Great. Thank you, Stephen. And I know uh, being also in the Commonwealth of Virginia as well, uh, you're a past president of uh, VSHP. So let's start with Gene on the next question I have. In uh, What would you say is your most proud, what are you most proud of, uh, of your time in service? Uh, thank you, Eric. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I was looking for something more unique and interesting, you know, beyond my occupational role as a pharmacist and my career as a Navy officer provided ample leadership opportunities. And, you know, I, I was happy I reached the rank of Navy captain, quite uh, proud of that. But, you know, during my career, I also obtained subspecialties in medical logistics. I was assigned to the readiness division at Defense Supply Center Philadelphia. Now they call it uh, DLA or Defense Logistics Agency, the Troop Support Division. And I got a POMI designation. I don't know if everyone's aware of that, but it's called Plans, Operations, and Medical Intelligence Officer. And I believe it was these experiences that uh, uh, got me assigned to the Office of the Secretary of Defense for four years from 2000 to 2004, working uh, in the Office of the Special Assistant for Gulf War Illness and then in the Office of the Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Force Health Protection. In 2001, my office was in Skyline over in Falls Church, Virginia, when one day I had to attend a meeting uh, in the Pentagon for my boss on 9-11. We all know that was a fateful day for uh, forever impacting our country. But obviously, I survived. But what I'm most proud of was subsequently deploying to Iraq and being assigned as the Chief of Medical Logistics for the Coalition Provisional Authority. And I worked for Mr. Jim Haveman, who was the Senior Advisor to the Iraqi Ministry of Health, where we were quite proud of what we did, you know, rebuilding healthcare infrastructure and curtailing endemic uh, corruption in the pharmaceutical supply chain and helping to reestablish the flow of legal pharmaceuticals in Iraq. So tremendously challenging times, and I'm told that I was the only Navy pharmacist awarded the Bronze Star Medal, so which I'm very proud of, but, but more importantly, the tremendously beneficial work we accomplished with the U.S. forces and coalition partners and Iraqi counterparts. Definitely an experience that I will never forget and a true highlight in my uh, 24 years in the Navy. So, so thank you for that question, Eric. Thanks, uh, Gene. How about Stephen? What are you most proud of your time in service? So, you know, Eric, when you asked me to do this podcast, you know, I, my response to you was, are you sure you want me? I only served four years. <laughs> and uh, to which you quickly responded, well, that's more than most folks. So kind of put it in perspective for me. 
Um, so I guess, you know, what I'm proud of is, is mainly having served. Uh, like you said, you know, not a, not a lot of folks do it. Uh, I was very proud to put on that uniform, uh, you know, every day. And, um, you know, that is one thing that you kind of, kind of look at from, from that standpoint is, you know, are you willing to take on the responsibility, uh, and do something kind of out of the box, you know, uh, for, for pharmacy, you know, a lot of folks don't, don't think about it. And so from that standpoint, I think, uh, that's probably the biggest thing is just, you know, making that decision and, you know, enjoying it every day that I did it and, and encouraging other folks to do the same. Thanks, Stephen. And John, how about you? Yeah, uh, Eric, a lot of similar themes uh, with uh, Stephen and, and Gene. I, I would say, you know, what am I most proud of my time in service? It's just, it has been the opportunity to interact with uh, service members, soldiers specifically, and really have an impact on their lives, whether it's encouraging school, uh, talking through uh, challenges that they were facing. Um, you know, I think of my assignments and, and, and like Gene, extremely proud to have deployed and to have made a difference um, in the lives of those I served with and the impact that we had on Iraqis and in, uh, in some cases, uh, Afghanis. Um, I met a, a colleague, actually, I think you mentioned it, Yusamsi, uh, when we were talking before. Um, and I've always, you know, really appreciated that in any role I had in the military, I had the opportunity to make a difference, to be counted upon. And, you know, hearing that I, I did, I did well, and people really appreciated uh, what I did to help them out uh, is something that I'm, you know, extremely proud of. And I guess the last thing I'd say is we as officers are always in leadership positions, and it's a privilege and a responsibility to be in those positions. And I'm really proud of of how serious and how much it meant to me to be a leader and how I always tried to do my best in light of that privilege and that responsibility. Thank you, John. And all, all great answers. I'm always uh, humbled by the the quality of our, our members writ large, but, uh, but also in particular, because I have a soft spot in my heart for, for those member veterans too. So next uh, item I have I wanted to discuss with you is what have been some of your most interesting projects or accomplishments while practicing as a pharmacist, whether you were in or outside the military? So it could have been a, uh, a job after you took off the uniform. And what is your most rewarding part of your job today? Um, and I'll, well, let's start with Stephen. I don't know that I would call this an accomplishment, but definitely my most uh, interesting experience as a pharmacist in the military was uh, discovering an airman who had been forging prescriptions on base and in the local community, and then working with the Air Force Office of Special Investigations to set up a sting operation to catch him in action. Uh, that was a, a, a great story. It's a long story. Uh, I'll tell you about it another time when we have about an hour and a half to go over it. Uh, in the civilian world, uh, you know, accomplishment-wise, you know, I've, I've held a lot of good positions uh, over the years, you know, from pharmacy director, clinical manager, different things like that. Um, but I think, you know, from an accomplishment standpoint, 
you know, I, I, you know, like my like my other uh, participants here, you know, went back to school, got my farm D, uh, did it while I was working full time. Uh, kind of cut that one down to the wire too. I actually finished my last rotation on a Friday. My daughter was born that Monday, so you know that kind of kind of cut it close. Uh, getting my BCPS, that's got to be way up there too. Uh, and that one, I, I didn't really want to do it. Uh, when I was a pharmacy director, we were hiring a bunch of, of new uh, specialists. And so they were all board certified in, in their respective fields. And so I went up to my clinical manager and I said, hey, how about, you know, leading by example here? And, you know, what do you think about sitting for your BCPS? And she took it like a champ, went ahead and, and took the exam. And then, you know, after a few years, um, uh, she had moved on, but went, went back down to North Carolina for uh, to be with family. And so uh, I decided I was going to step down from the from the director's job and, and go back into clinical work because that's what I what I like to do. And then it kind of hit me in the gut. I was like, "Damn it! Now I got to take that stupid exam." And so uh, so I did it, and I didn't pass it. Uh, I actually I missed it by one question. And I ran in, ran to the director of BPS at an ASHP meeting, and asked him, "Hey, what's the chances of my my exam being regraded?" And uh, he kind of looked at me and laughed, and he says, uh, "Well, what do you do?" So, well, I've been a you know pharmacy director for the last seven years, but I'm a I'm a clinical manager now. And he said, uh, "I'm surprised you did as well as you did," and he just walked off. And well, that kind of ticked me off. So <laughs> so I passed it the next year. So. Uh, you know, I, I look at it as one of those things of, you know, you know, somebody kind of puts you down a little bit and you you go for it. So um, but definitely the most re rewarding part of my career has been watching students and young pharmacists develop. Right. You know, we you know mentioned it before, you know, you're, you know, by nature, a leader, you know, uh, you're an officer. Right. When you're in the military. So you have to to develop those those airmen and soldiers and sailors, you know, and to people that you want them to be and help them advance. And I think seeing those students and young pharmacists develop into clinicians and leaders in their own right has definitely been great. And like I mentioned before, you know, I've been I've been working what I call my retirement job with BD. Uh, you know, I get to work with with those DHA facilities, bringing me back with my military family. You know, even if only peripherally, uh, that is very rewarding. So thank you for this question. Thanks, Stephen. John, and I know you have many, many projects and accomplishments just from my direct interactions with you, but would have been some of your most interesting. Yeah, you know, I I think probably the work Rick Nanini, uh, he's a retired Army pharmacist as well. He and I, we were at uh, the surgeon's office, U.S. Army surgeon's office, and it was at really the height of uh, the Iraq conflict where there was a lot of wounded warriors coming back and, you know, lots of uh, polypharmacy. And so Rick and I had the opportunity to really build on the work of others before us, Colonel Abity and others, uh, to build out the clinical pharmacy program, to really focus on those wounded warriors with polypharmacy. And, you know, we were able to secure, I don't know, it was 90 million for five years and, and really just hire the number of clinical pharmacists to focus on that population. Uh, so, um, you know, that uh, provided uh, a lot of uh, interesting experiences. But I'd say even bigger than that is the concept that, you know, when I meet with people, um, 
that I always chat about interaction at dispensing. And that is even important to this day. It's really the essence of uh, the role. 90% of 90% plus of people know pharmacy from the interaction at dispensing or the lack of. And so that has been an ongoing uh, project that, uh, that I've been interested in, both in the military and outside of the military. So, you know, if you look beyond the military, you know, outside of my role to educate healthcare professionals on, you know, the medicines that Pfizer has in terms of safety and efficacy, so to inform their decision making, so they can make the best decisions on those products. But the uh, responsibility to improve quality of care, um, that is, you know, the part of the job that I really love, because it really continues on what I was doing in the military. So whether it's interaction at dispensing, whether it's working with DODVA to suggest ideas to improve uh, our care to veterans, um, or you know, to active duty service members. Um, you know, those, those are the things I enjoy and I would really go back to, it's really clinically pharmacy focused, uh, but this interaction at dispensing, you know, the most important players in that are really our outpatient techs and our outpatient pharmacists. So those projects have brought great joy and a, quite a, an amount of uh, interest uh, for me. Thanks, John and Gene. You know, I was listening to uh, Stephen and uh, John, and I think part of my response is very similar to there. So I'll, I'll start off by saying uh, my most interesting accomplishments have been those that involve providing health and pharmaceutical care to those in need. So whether it was as a young Navy pharmacy officer providing uh, essential medications in 1992 to over 30,000 Haitian and Cuban migrant refugees at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, or deploying on the Navy hospital ship Comfort uh, and providing emergency disaster relief to devastated areas after Hurricane Katrina in 2005, but more recently receiving a certificate of appreciation from the Assistant Undersecretary of Health and the Executive Director for Preventive Medicine uh, for our pharmacy's effort to support the COVID-19 vaccine program at VA Maryland Healthcare System. I would say the most rewarding part of my job today is not only to continue serving our veterans, but also to, um, to lead some really smart and talented pharmacists and technicians that will lead pharmacy in the years to follow. So I really appreciated the other uh, members comments, but uh, same here, we got some great people leading our pharmacy community. Thank you. Yeah, I love all the answers, appreciate that. So and the next question I have are just around mentor and, and who were or perhaps are your mentors and maybe some life lessons you learned from them. Uh, or if you don't have a, an immediate mentor, what has your military service uh, done for you to help transform how you uh, help the community? And I'll start with um, uh, John with that one. Thanks, Eric. This is the question that I, I really had to practice a couple of times to keep it within limits. I'm, I'm sure we can all name lots of people. It's almost like thanking people. You hesitate to start because you don't want to let anybody out. But, you know, let me just say a few things first. Um, you know, my dad had a profound impact, a man of very few words. But to this day, I, I quote him and I share things that I learned from him. Um, you know, to many people, whether it's scouts or any of the organizations that I'm involved in. 
But when I think of mentors, uh, you know, the first that comes to mind is uh, Julia Gann. She's an Army pharmacist, civilian pharmacist. We've been pharmacists in the military for the really same amount of years. I think she graduated a year before me. But the thing I learned about Julia, uh, and then I, really from a mentorship standpoint, is just this attention to detail. If you know her, she always goes and looks into the detail. A lot of people say no without understanding the detail. That's what I've learned from Julia. Um, I, I have to mention Ken Levy. He's one of my first civilian pharmacists. And the thing that struck me about Ken is he would say all, uh, all, per all performance should be done with purpose. And, um, you know, when I left that job, he said, you know, well done. You did a great job. Um, you did things with purpose. And I really modeled after him. He influenced me for the rest of my career. Now, you know, there's many NCOs I can mention. They're the backbone of the Army. Uh, I, I don't know what it, the Navy said, but, you know, I would say the NCO that uh, had the biggest impact was a Navy chief, Chief Stan Tomlinson. And what I really learned from him is reach out to everybody. Everybody wants to help you. When you're charged, you can think that everybody's not with you. But in fact, under the best circumstances, they just want to help you be successful. Be successful, not for you, but for the greater good. And I guess the last mentor, uh, you know, Colonel Mike Keith will represent all those officers, all those senior officers who, um, you know, have positively influenced me. You know, keep in mind what's important. You know, check in on people just to make sure they're doing okay. And, you know, those are some of the things that I've learned from Mike. So again, so many people I could comment on, but uh, those are the people that really immediately came to mind when I wanted to, uh, you know, when I thought about who I would identify as mentors. Thanks, John. And, you know, I've had the privilege of uh, working with some of the folks you mentioned as well, and uh, just great response. Gene, how about yourself? <laughs> I laugh. Uh, my list is very long, but let me let me start off with my life's lessons. And uh, the keys to success are hard work, perseverance, positive attitude, and do the right thing when no one is looking. And that last one is a friend, mentor, Captain Jody Dreyer, who actually added that last one. And uh, it's really, uh, it's, it's paid dividends, all of those life's lessons. Uh, my list of mentors is very long, so 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 I'll hesitate to name names in fear of offending uh, anyone, but I, I do have to mention some folks. So I have a lifelong friend, Ted Alexander, that I grew up with beginning in the third grade, and we're friends to this day, and so he's been a great uh, sounding board. I have two buddies from pharmacy school, Dr. Ronnie, Drs. Ronnie Chapman and Marcus Campbell. He's actually a reservist or just got out of the reserve, Army Reserves. I have three Navy comrades, Lieutenant Commander Brad Hammond, Commander Franz Peterson, and Captain Mark Broker. These three provided the sounding boards as we navigated our Navy careers. And then honorable mentions to Lieutenant Colonel Mike Bruca, U.S. Army retired, and Colonel Pierce King, U.S. Marine Corps retired. They took me under their wings at Defense Supply Center in Philadelphia and really taught me medical logistics. And John, you may appreciate this. Medical logistics is really Army-centric. They really uh, do medical logistics the way it should be. So your question is spot on. 
we don't have any successes with our without our mentors along the way. And I really appreciate the ones I mentioned and many of those that I have not mentioned all have played a part in, in my career. So thank you to those folks. Thanks, Gene. And Stephen, we'll close out this question with you. Okay. Um, you know, like Gene and John, I've been lucky to have a great many mentors in my life. Uh, I think I do have to start, you know, with my parents. You know, they were the first to instill, you know, that love of God and country in me. And they taught me to stand up for things that I believe in. Um, second is my, my, my scoutmaster, right? Growing up, you know, Mr. Johnny Reed, uh, he made me senior patrol leader uh, over his son, <laughs> who was honestly a better leader than I was. And uh, I think he did it just so he wouldn't be accused of favoritism. But I prefer to think that he was also pushing me to develop my leadership skills. I think he saw something in me and he wanted me to, to prove it to myself. Uh, pharmacy school, we had so many mentors. Uh, our dean of the pharmacy school, Bill Bourne, the community pharmacists, they, they were really active with the school and, and really encouraged us. You know, they're like, join your student professional organizations and say, but, but don't just join them. Be involved, you know, run for office, do something with it and, and go from there. And then once in the Air Force, my, my two biggest mentors were uh, Colonel Morris Hollowell and Chief Master Sergeant Chuck Everton. Um, Colonel Hollowell taught me how to be an officer, you know, how to lead from the front, how to give and how to get how to give and how to get respect uh, or earn it rather. And then Chief Everton gave me the best advice of my career. I use it every day. And that's to learn every job. Uh, every job in the pharmacy is important. No job is beneath you. Uh, and I can't tell you how much it ticked me off as a pharmacy director to hear a pharmacist say, that's a tech job. No, it's a job for, for the pharmacy. And if nobody else is available to do it, you do it. Uh, dusting the shelf, refilling an EMS box, uh, delivering you know meds to an automated dispensing machine, doesn't matter what it is. It's an acknowledgement that everybody's job is just as important as yours. And I tell you, it gains you so much respect from your staff. And I've given that advice to every single one of my students and residents, you know, over the last 30 years. So, Gene, we'll start this next question with you. And what does Veterans Day mean to you? And what do you wish uh, people knew more about veterans? Okay. Boy, th there's so many ways to answer this question. I really thought some thought through this, but let me let me start with the second part. Uh, I think there's a, a stereotype that folks who have not served in uniform uh, may have a veteran of uh, veterans. And sometimes that's that could be a negative stereotype. But I, I just like for them to know that we are not monolithic and we are as varied as our society. And as you hear from this podcast, there's some folks who are doing some really fantastic things. And I, I think that's uh, what I've uh, recognized over my years uh, in uniform and out. But uh, to me, Veterans, Veterans Day is an amalgam of uh, two different stated core values, that of the U.S. Navy, honor, courage, and commitment, and the core values of the Department of Veteran Affairs, eye care, integrity, commitment, advocacy, respect, and, and excellence. And they're always outliers, but I like to believe most veterans embody these core values, and, and that's what motivates me on Veterans Day, just to, to know that there are some folks 
who are doing some tremendous things and really have the core values to, to make our, our great country what it is. So thank you. Thanks, Gene. And Stephen, Veterans Day meaning for you. You know, I had to, I had to think about this one a lot, too. Um, and kind of thinking about it, you know, uh, there's a few things here. You know, a lot of folks don't realize that that we have three, at least three, uh, different or distinct days that honor the military. So we've got Memorial Day for those who have given the ultimate sacrifices, uh, Armed Forces Day for those that are serving now, and then Veterans Day is is kind of like for for all of us, right? Everybody who has served. And I think it's significant because it doesn't just recognize those who made it a career. Uh, it covers all of us, right? Uh, so it doesn't matter how much time you spent. Um, you know, I spent my entire time in the Air Force at one duty station, um, you know, just for that one little thing. You know, I was never deployed uh, or anything like that, you know, but I am so proud to have worn that uniform. Uh, even if only for a short time. And I feel appreciative uh, on Veterans Day to, one, be recognized for that, but to be able to recognize everyone else who has gone before, you know, because uh, you see everyone, you know, all the, you know, all the old guys that come out, you know, the World War II and, and Korea vets, the Vietnam vets, you know, and, and all of the Gulf War vets. You know, it's it's definitely humbling, I guess, to see everyone and and know that these are just regular guys, right? We all just, you know, there wasn't anything special about us. We just we just answered the call and just said yes. That's all it was. Um, but I say that's all it was. But whenever you're looking at it, you know, service to your country is a thing that you have to make that choice. And um, I think it's one of those aspects in life that, you know, yeah, it's a personal choice, but um, those that did it, I think, deserve that extra credit for, uh, for taking that extra step. Thanks. And John, how about you? Yeah, you know, just to add with uh, what uh, Gene and, and, and Stephen said, um, you know, it's an important day of remembrance. And the thing that strikes me is that any time I meet a veteran, it's almost like there's an immediate bond. doesn't matter if they're young or old. Uh, it's this common bond of service, uh, service to something greater. And I always want, you know, people to understand that is really the importance of the day. And, and it's the importance of service kind of going along, you know, what Stephen said. And I think, um, you know, one of the phrases that I've, I've come across in terms of, you know, being asked to speak about Veterans Day is, is, is this great concern of veterans to be forgotten. And it's not for them to be forgotten, but it's, it's to forget the importance of being a veteran, because being a veteran means you volunteered and you decided to, you know, serve something other than yourself, selfless service. And some people today will say, oh, you know, they just went in, you know, to get schooling and all that. If you talk to a veteran, young or old, there's always a story about something bigger than them. And, and so that's what Veterans Day means to me, remembering that, 
that anybody who's a veteran, um, you likely did something beyond what was of you know personal interest to them. And I and I appreciate people who recognize that and take the time to honor those who served on Veterans Day. Yeah, great, great. You know, closing out here with uh, got two more questions for you all. And you know, what advice? would you have for someone who would be interested in exploring a career in the military or even federal pharmacy for that matter? Um, and Stephen. I guess the first thing I'd say is do it. <laughs> uh, I've actually had the privilege of speaking to, to a lot of students over the years about, about military service, uh, especially pharmacy, a couple of times at the request of our local pharmacy school here. Um, I'm proud to say that one of the students that I encouraged to join the Air Force is now a, a, he's a full bird colonel and a medical group commander. So he's out of the pharmacy and, and basically he's a, you know, he's a, a hospital administrator. Um, and, you know, that, make, that does make me feel old, though. But, uh, you know, my advice to, to anyone these days is, is do your research. Right. Uh, military pharmacy has changed a lot um, since since I served. Uh, there are a lot less military hospitals. Um, which I'm not a fan of, <laughs> but, you know, so if inpatient is your dream, you may want to look at one branch over another. Uh, but I would also tell them, Hey, this is a great opportunity to learn your profession, to learn leadership and serve your country at the same time. So it's a win-win. Thanks. And, and John, how about you? Yeah. You know, um, get this opportunity a lot, uh, not as much, I'm getting older, but you know, the things that I tell somebody interested in the service is to think about it this way. First, you're a soldier, then you're an officer, and then you're a pharmacist. And it's critical to think that way. Just, you know, whether it's Navy, sailor, officer, or air, airman, you know, remember what you are, the common bond, you're, you're a service member. And then, of course, officer and pharmacist. That's so critical to have people who are interested understand that. So there's no misunderstanding when they are in and they understand. I, I think... The other thing I would say, if you're in, and kind of the reason I joined, part of the reason is I couldn't imagine doing the same thing and switching around jobs and all that. So I think the career provides you this broad uh, uh, opportunity to do so many different things all over the world uh, over the course of, of a career, you know, working for one, the big company, you know, uh, the DOD. So, you know, like, like you know, uh, Steve said, explore the opportunity, talk to people, really understand what you're getting into. Um, and I'd emphasize, what are you getting into that soldier, officer, um, pharmacist uh, mentality to understand that? Um, it's a great career. Um, I, I'm so grateful that I, I had the opportunity to, to serve. Gene, how about you? Yeah, 24 years in the Navy and now 10 years in federal pharmacy at uh, VA Maryland. I think both are fantastic career options. Um, you know, I did mention earlier that, you know, uh, the services, you know, provides a disciplined and regimented lifestyle. So I know that's not for everyone, but certainly VA uh, practice of uh, federal pharmacy is an option as well. Not just VA, you could work in as a civilian uh, pharmacist at DO, uh, DOD or uh, Health and Human Services. So a lot of options for folks there, but I personally uh, just enjoyed both experiences. Now, upon re 
retiring from the Navy, my transition to VA Maryland was just remarkably very smooth. So I, that's why I think I would encourage folks to look at military service, even if you just do a small stint, it provides that that stepping stone to federal pharmacy service. You know, you get the vet statutory veterans preference for those qualified. So it is, it is, they do go hand in hand if you you do military service. But if you don't, it's not for you, then uh, still VA is, a, or federal uh, pharmacy is an option. Some of the folks uh, tease me, some of my uh, Navy buddies tease me because I say I've, uh, I've really consumed the VA Kool-Aid because there's tremendous uh, job satisfaction within the VA, and uh, we have special salary rates, and so very competitive pay, if not better, and uh, our clinical pharmacy practitioners have a scope of practice uh, that they act as, uh, operate as independent uh, practitioners, so tremendous job satisfaction, and, and then I'll put a plug for the VA. If there's anyone, any of your listeners out there who are interested, just go to usajobs.gov, and you can see the the announcements for uh, different pharmacist opportunities in the VA. So thank you. Thanks, Gene. And bringing it home now to the last question, uh, kind of a loaded question, really. But in your opinion, and we'll start with John, what does the future of pharmacy look like? The future of pharmacy is bright. Uh, we continue to grow clinical opportunities, uh, pharmacogenomics, the most recent thing I was reading about. Uh, so there's lots of great opportunity. I think what our profession can't forget is the bread and butter of pharmacy, which is, you know, the outpatient practice uh, where many people get to know what uh, pharmacy is in the way services delivered to them. And I know that's a struggle, right, uh, from getting breaks to being overwhelmed by the great work of uh, immunization. So that's a great challenge, but overall, there is so much opportunity uh, for those who go into this field. Uh, so I would be excited, um, you know, and I tell, uh, you know, residents and students really be excited because there's, you know, there's so much to look forward to in our profession. Thanks. And Gene, what do you think? Well, I'm the consummate optimist. And so I agree with John. I believe the future of pharmacy is very bright. Now, I have a caveat. So uh, maybe in the next five to 10 years, there may be some significant changes, particularly with, you know, this rapid explosion of artificial intelligence. And we all know the use of automation is just essential. So I would say that people entering the profession now maybe have to start thinking that there may be some additions to that distributive centric functions. And uh, I know folks are very comfortable with that, but I think they need to also start preparing themselves for that, let's say the cognitive centric roles in pharmacy. And I think Eric, you and your fellow colleagues at ASCP, I think you all are espousing and signaling for some time that there's going to be some, uh, some changes. Uh, but uh, again, I think it, the future is very bright, uh, but, the last thing I would say is, you know, if folks uh, are entering pharmacy, they really need to understand that pharmacy is a business. And I believe that uh, it's almost essential to have some graduate level training in the business principles along with your, your PharmD. And I, I just think it's gonna be essential going forward for those who are interested, but uh, tremendously bright uh, opportunities are future for pharmacists. Thanks. Gene and Stephen, 
for you to close us up here. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I believe that our future is bright. Uh, I do hope that we eventually get that, you know, provider status and OASHP and, and other folks are adv- advocating like crazy. Uh, we do have to fight some, some close-minded organizations who don't see the benefit that pharmacists can bring to the table. Uh, I agree that, you know, pharmacists do need more, probably more business acumen training uh, to go through. Uh, but also know that, you know, having held different positions in my career, I can say, you know, pharmacists will survive no matter what. Uh, with our one degree, we can do so many things, uh, military service, retail pharmacy, outpatient clinics, inpatient, clinical specialties, pharmacy administration, hospital administration, academia, industry, and that doesn't even cover it all. Uh, so we are well positioned, uh, you know, for the future. And uh, I think pharmacy's future is bright. Thanks. Well, gentlemen, thanks. That's uh, all the time we have today. And I want to thank uh, John, Gene, and Stephen for joining us and sharing their stories of military service. Join us here um, at ASHP Official and the Practice Journey podcast series as we learn about how members seek out, grow, and evolve during their careers. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And to all of our veterans, we are thankful for your service. And we wish you a happy Veterans Day. I am Eric Marika, and thank you for tuning in to this session of Practice Journeys podcast. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.